Hello and welcome to the My Sports Now podcast. I'm My Sports Now director, Joe Busick. Well, you wouldn't know it by looking outside your window here in northern Michigan, but the 2022 collegiate baseball season is officially underway, and the Central Michigan Chippewas are once again a team to watch out for. Not including the abbreviated 2020 COVID-19 season, the Chippewas have made consecutive NCAA tournament appearances and won back-to-back Mid-American Conference regular season championships. The 2021 season was a historic one for CMU, as the Chippewas reached an NCAA regional final as the fourth seed, with wins over Michigan and UConn. 9 10 Sports Director Matthew Doyle sat down with CMU coach Jordan Bischel before the Chippewas embarked on their opening games in Conway, South Carolina. Thank you for taking the time to do the interview today. I'm sure yeah. it's a busy week for you guys getting ready for that first game. Does it feel like, obviously, I, I imagine you're, are you still in Michigan? Yep, yep. We, uh, we, we drive down to Detroit tomorrow night and then fly out 6 a.m. Thursday morning. Okay, nice. Does it feel like baseball season when you look outside your window? Yeah, right now? That's, that's always, I mean, this is, shoot, this is what my 17th year coaching. Um, and it's almost always been northern climates. And it's always a little odd that you're just completely sick of winter and there's no real hope of being outside. And then all of a sudden you're playing. Yeah. How, now, looking at this year's team, how are you guys feeling entering this year? How's the preparation going for another season? Yeah, you know, last year was interesting because you were you had the COVID side of things. And actually, once our season started, it was it was relatively normal. But the offseason was so crazy. You know, these guys were uh, they sent them home at Thanksgiving for the semester. So we had that huge break away from them. And there were so many restrictions and so much testing. And I, I guess the world hasn't returned to normal. But from our own internal operation it's been a lot closer to normal in terms of how we prepare and how we practice and so that part's been good more time around our guys uh more opportunity to do some team building those kind of things we've got a a relatively veteran group so uh these guys you know it's year number four for our coaching staff so um a little smoother i guess than last year in terms of two things you know some of the covid stuff being a little little less restrictive and then uh guys just knowing what to expect haven't done it a few times with our staff and we kind of talked, uh, it was a conversation definitely last year was you had such a veteran group coming back with the COVID extra year of eligibility and you guys obviously made a great run and then made it back to the NCAA tournament last year. Um, how much of those guys, I, I was looking at the roster, it seems like you guys have a lot of great players coming back from that team as well, looking to potentially build on this great run that you've had and your start here at CMU. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a mix. It's an interesting uh, it's an interesting mix because we had some guys um, that were four year type starters for us last year who are gone now. A couple guys off to pro ball, a couple of really key pitchers. Um, we did lose a lot, but like you said, there's some big pieces back. Our top two pitchers, Jordan Patty and Andrew Taylor, are both back, and that's. I mean, that's almost as good a one-two punch as there is in the country. I think yesterday, D1 Baseball had them both. uh, Andrew was in the top five starting pitchers in the country in their rankings, and Jordan was 50th or 51st or something. So that's that's a pretty formidable combo and a good place to start. Our middle infield, Mario Camaletti and Justin Simpson, are both back, and and they're two tremendous players. And so you've got some strength up the middle of the field there. Uh, But on the flip side, we've got some guys who – they may not be true freshmen, but didn't play a whole lot last year that I think our uh, our coaches think are going to take some nice big jumps this year, but they're pretty inexperienced. So you don't know what to expect. Even though they're not freshmen, they maybe have 50 at-bats under their belt. 
so we're going to see where that goes. So it's it's an interesting mix of, of veterans and young guys, and um, obviously we'll we'll start finding out on Friday where we're at. Yeah, you mentioned the one-two punch at the top. I mean, your pitching staff was pretty good last year. I was looking at the opponent's batting average of only 241. Uh, do you guys – how are you guys looking, like, all around? Are there any challenges with that pitching staff this year that you're seeing? Yeah, you know, we, we lost uh, two really, really good relief pitchers. Ian Leatherman was drafted uh, by the by the Rays and Grant Frazier graduated. And those guys uh, were incredibly reliable for us. And we don't have uh, guys with that experience uh, and that seasoning. And, and so we're going to have to see how that develops. But some guys are going to have to step up and do some things they, they maybe haven't done in the past. I think we have some guys capable of it, but until they go out and do it in a game setting, you don't know for sure. So that's probably the big challenge on the mound is, uh, and Garrett Navarra, who who also DHs for us, is probably our number three pitcher. Those three guys are really stable. But then after that, what does that look like? And on a weekend when you play four games and you're out there for 34 innings on the mound, what does that look like after those guys? And, and that's what we've got to figure out here. Yeah, so you mentioned the upcoming schedule. Obviously, you guys are going to be playing down south. It'll be a while until you guys are back up here. Uh, how important are these games for you guys, especially when it comes down to the MAC schedule? Yeah, just just getting on a field obviously is is step number one. So we'll get down there early enough Thursday that, that we can get a practice in. And you obviously have your games, but um, the pregame stuff even is big. Batting practice on the field, uh, guys getting balls off the bat and that kind of stuff. So. Um, we try not to, as a program, just say these are non-conference games. They're less important. We try to value them all, but obviously it's it's a different feel when you haven't stepped on a field, haven't played together as a group, and, and they're big. And we're, we're going to be really challenged. That'll be the interesting part. Uh, play West Virginia right away. They hosted an NCAA regional uh, 2019 Big 12 school, obviously, and uh, has been in the national rankings pretty regularly the last few years. So that'll be a tough test. And we play Coastal Carolina, who won the 2016 national title. So I guess that's not too bad. Um, yeah. So two really good tests uh, and teams that have been able to get outside and do some things. And and it'll be interesting to see how our guys um, deal with it because we don't go down there just excited to play. They want to compete. They want to win. They feel like they can beat anybody in the country and we'll be tested with that right away. How uh, I noticed you guys also added some transfer players um, and we up here in Northern Michigan, we get a chance to watch the Traverse City Pittsburghers, and it feels like almost every year you're you're getting more Pittsburghers going down that way, which gives us some extra stories and gives us a chance to continue following guys like Mario Camaletti. But looks like you got Adam Proctor and Chris Monroe this year. I know those guys provide some solid uh, Proctor behind the plate, and then Monroe is a beast at first base. What any expectations for those guys? Well, when we, when we get off the bus, we're going to look a lot scarier. I know that. Those are two big <laughs> dudes. Uh, no, but, you know, Mario, uh, obviously Mario has done just incredible things uh, up in Traverse City. Uh, but what's really just wonderful about Mario is what he puts into the game, how much he prepares, how much he gets after it. And and both those guys uh, early last summer were looking for a place to finish their careers. And when Mario called and said, hey, these guys 
basically do what I do in terms of preparation. That that was the endorsement uh, that we needed because he just he is such a, a baseball rat. There's just nothing he wants more than to be around the game. And uh, knowing those two guys were preparing the same way he was. And then obviously there's some track record there. Adam playing four years at Michigan State. Uh, Chris had played at a Division II school but had tremendous success and, and both did well up in Traverse City, which is a really good league, obviously. So uh, those guys will be a big impact. Adam's probably our starting catcher right now. We've got some depth there, so we won't start every game back there, but he's probably our number one guy. Chris, combination first base DH, um, will get a lot of at-bats for us, and, and we're really excited to have both those guys. How often do you get to watch Northwood League games? You know, I haven't been to a lot of it, but interestingly, I coached in the league for five years. So uh, okay. 2009 to 2012, uh, I coached the Green Bay Bullfrogs, and then 2015, I had the Wisconsin Woodchucks. Um, so I, I was in the league for five years as a head coach, so I'm, I'm really, really familiar with it. You know, now when we get to summer baseball, there's so much recruiting, trying to get a little bit of time with your family. Um, I'll hop online and watch some of the games. Uh, it was funny, we were trying to get up uh, last year to a, a game, and it just never quite worked out but I've got twin four-year-olds and, and Mario is is Luke's favorite player so we've been trying to get out and see him play in the summer um, but it, it's a really really impressive league uh, not just in terms of the competition level but in terms of how it prepares guys prepares guys for for pro baseball with the 72 game schedule it is it, it's it's grueling it's tough and a guy like Mario that's where it comes out how well he prepares that he never seems to hit a wall the guy played 130 games or whatever last year and just kept going that's got to be fun for your children to now you said four years old yeah I've got twins that are four and then I have a two-year-old boy so all boys okay nice so uh, and you mentioned favorite players they're they really starting to realize what their dad does and yeah what... it's it's interesting they're they're kind of getting it uh they're all opposites uh, they're all different but but Parker as long as he can as long as the field has a place he can ride a scooter he's happy uh Luke on the other hand will sit and watch the game start to finish if they're live streamed he'll sit at home and watch it and uh the funny story I tell about it they're still they're, they're kind of learning what it all is but Last year, we're playing Ball State, uh, who obviously really good competition for us in the league. We're neck and neck. We have this huge series against them, and we blow the lead in the ninth inning of, of game four, which which was pretty painful to our championship chances. We, we ended up pulling it off, but yeah. kids come on the field after the game, and Parker, who just likes to ride his scooter, um, comes to me, and, and he looks fine. Luke comes to me, tears streaming down his face. I said, Luke, are you okay? Well, Dad, the Chippewas lost, so he's crying. And then Parker has this big smile and says, Dad, Dad, I said, well, what's going on here, Parker? The red team won. That's amazing. I mean, he, he just oh, lost no. the color red, so he was happy as can be that we lost and the red team beat us. So kind of funny watching them grow up and, and be opposites, but it's pretty cool how close our team is with those guys being around them. No, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And so you mentioned Ball State. Uh, is I haven't, I don't know if I've seen it. Or the coaches pull or – yeah, they released it an hour ago, actually. So you didn't. Oh, did they really? Okay, of course. So, so you know, we're picked to win at Ball State's pick second, Kent State's pick okay. third. So, okay. Uh, so I've, those teams, I mean, Kent State, you always feel like they're competing at, at the top. Uh, what do you remember about those teams from last year and how challenging is the MAC going to be this year? Yeah, you know, it's. I'm not a guy who sits and does a lot of tracking 
recruiting classes and returners because ultimately it's about how well we play and uh, no matter what the competition is, good, bad, or otherwise. But um, definitely Ball State. I mean, Coach Maloney has, has had two stints there almost 20 years, and every year they're good. So, so you know it's coming. You know they're going to be competitive. They lost a couple of really quality pitchers, but uh, they return a lot of offense. They're going to be tough. Uh, and Kent State, obviously, for the last 20-plus years has been a, a force, not just within our league, but nationally. And so you've got a lot of competition. But there are some other – uh, pretty good storylines out there. Last year, I think Western Michigan maybe tied for third, uh, gave us a lot of problems. That was the team that gave us the most problems. Very, very quality team, quality opponent. Toledo had a new coach last year and had a very explosive offense, and they're headed in the right direction. And obviously, I'm leaving a couple of people out, but um, it's a quality league. You know, it's not going to have probably the national champion come out of it, but top to bottom, there are teams that can come out and beat you and compete. We had several pitchers in the top 10 rounds of the draft last year. And so we've got kind of a history of cranking out some top arms. Usually you see some slow starts. You got some uh, some northern climate stuff and those kind of things. But then as the season gets rolling, you're going to see uh, you're going to see some pretty good baseball. And then with you guys being pit to finish first once again, do you feel like that once again puts the target on your back? I imagine that question was asked before and it's been asked many times but it's once again you guys are right there at the top yeah you know what I what I tell our guys with that stuff is is obviously it's a reflection of some good things we've accomplished uh, rarely uh, when you see the leagues picked as a team that finished poorly get picked really high or vice versa if you're good the year before odds are you're going to get some respect in those polls and so it's meaningful and that we've done a lot of good things the last few years. Um, but obviously it, it, it just goes completely out the window starting Friday. So uh, I like that our guys know how to win their experience, their season. Uh, but at the same time, if you, if you sit around and listen to people tell you how great you are, you're going to get passed up in a hurry. There's some good teams chasing. Um, and like I said, it starts from scratch. We're all tied for first now. So. And College baseball, I mean, you guys might be what everybody's watching here pretty <laughs> soon because the MLB is in that lockout. Uh, you feel like, I mean, I think college baseball for a lot of baseball fans is pretty entertaining regardless, but you feel like this might get a little bit more eyes if the MLB. Yeah, I mean, certainly I, I think with national pastime, right, our country wants to watch baseball. Uh, and I think college baseball is incredibly exciting. It, it's, it's no knock on professional baseball, but these guys are are young, they're hungry, uh, they're playing for a lot, and, and certainly pros are too, but it's a different schedule. You're playing a 14-week season instead of 162 games. You see you guys selling out, you see tremendous energy, uh, you see that team dynamic that, again, it, it happens in pro baseball, but it's a little bit different, and uh, I hope the big leaguers get going, obviously, but if they don't, no doubt it'll put, put college baseball on a little bit more of a stage, and you're seeing a progression where more and more kids are staying in college longer, whether it's bypassing the draft out of high school to go play at some of these schools, maybe sticking for their senior years before they go to pro ball. And it's just a really, really quality game right now. And that's why I think you're seeing some of these high draft picks. They're not even in the minors a year anymore before they're hitting major league baseball because the development has gotten so good. The quality has gotten so good. So uh, certainly if, if that brings a little more spotlight to us, all the better. We'll take it. But, you know, hopefully for, for the sake of the country, you, you can find a way to split up several million dollars, billion dollars and make everybody happy. <laughs> a great thing for us, we've got several guys in minor league baseball and those guys still get to report at the end of the month. They're going to keep that going, which that's my biggest concern is making sure those guys still have an opportunity. That was so hard with COVID is the minor leaguers had everything washed out and really lost the year of development where at least these guys are, are going to get that opportunity. Right. Yeah. And 
those guys. And I know like we, I talked to a local guy that was debating and luckily he made a decision before COVID. He was debating if his career was going to go on. Like guys were dealing with injuries before that. Like that's a lot to happen. And obviously COVID accelerated that. So if there is a minor league season and no major league season, I guess they get that bounce back with that as well. But so, uh, at, I, obviously, I imagine a successful season for you guys would be once again winning a Matt title and NCAA tournament appearance. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. In our league, it's it's really unlikely we send more than one team to the NCAA tournament. And this year we get our conference tournament back, which overall is a good thing, but basically means whoever's hot that last weekend is, is going to move on. So we try not to emphasize the result too much. I mean, to me, last year, if, if a couple of games flip and we finish second, does it mean the season was a failure? I, I don't think so. And I'd like to think Ball State, who had a tremendous team last year, doesn't walk away saying, God, we finished second, so it's a failure. Um, so we try to look more at that body of work and how we prepare and how we play. But at the same time, there's no doubt if, if our guys don't play at a championship level, they'll be a little bit disappointed. That's that's where their expectations are. They feel like that's how they're preparing. Um now there's other teams that prepare well and do things the right way as well. And and we can't all win the league. We can't all go to the NCAA tournament. So I, you don't want to just hang your hat on that to me, but at the same time, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at as a program where there is going to be some disappointment if we're not at the top of the heap at the end. Well, great. Well, coach, best of luck this season. Best of luck this weekend. As you guys start your season, it should be a fun one. I appreciate Down it. Matthew. I appreciate you uh, calling in and covering us a little bit. It, it means a lot. Following this weekend's games at Coastal Carolina, the Chippewas are back on the road for a four-game series at Western Kentucky the weekend of February 25th. In the coming weeks in the My Sports Now podcast, we'll have guests from the senior softball program and conversations with Sheboygan junior golf sensation P.J. Maybank and NFL prospect Khalil Pimpleton. <laughs>